Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hello, Johnny. Hello, my love. Hello, everyone. So it's the new year, huh? 2023. Yep, we made it. Yeah, what an eventful end of the year, you know it? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Our seventh grandchild was born, and she was the first one of the year born in their hospital, too. So a new life for a new year. Yes. Okay, so your first Christian Atheist episode of this year was an inaugural explaining the new format of our podcast, right? Right. And it's sort of trying to tie all of our podcasts together. I want trying to, to tie the Christian atheists together with simple gifts. Right, right. Right. And make use of the recorded material that we've already have in the can. Right. So that uh, our listeners can go listen to it and then enjoy us talking about it and me commenting on it. And hopefully that will bring greater understanding, which right. is the whole point. Right. All right. So to kick off this plan, Your Christian Atheist episode this past week talked about an essay by C.S. Lewis called The Seeing Eye. Right. Okay, and I just wanted to say that if you want to listen to the essay read without any commentary, you can hear it on our Simple Gifts podcast or or on your YouTube channel. And you can find the links in the description, right? Right. And in general, I think at the end of every No Compromise episode, we'll try to let you know what's coming next week so that you can listen to it or read it for yourself. That would be very beneficial to you in order to get the most out of the, both the Christian Atheist and the No Compromise exactly. discussion. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. So The Seeing Eye, you want to give us a quick background on this essay. As we said, it was written by C.S. Lewis. Right. But and wasn't there kind of a funny story about- The name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Seeing Eye was originally published in the American periodical Show, Volume 3. February 1963, Okay. under the title Onward Christian Spacemen. <laughs> Lewis so heartily disliked the title, which the editors of show gave this piece, that I felt justified in renaming it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the introduction to the essay that you just read, right? right? Okay, so we know what was going on in his life or you know, in the world at that time. Yeah. The space 1963 race. 1963 right. was a momentous year. Lewis died on exactly the same day. As JFK. That's right. And Aldous Huxley. Right. So it was, a, it was a quite a momentous day. Yeah, all three of them. Yes. But at the same time, we were having the space race in the world. Right. Right. He refers to it. And the Russians beat us into space. Right. And that's, that's essentially the premise on which this essay is built. Right, right. Okay, it has a good beginning that I really like. He says that the Russians haven't seen God in space. They've gone, but they haven't seen God in space. Right. And then he says the conclusion we're expected to draw from that is we are ridiculous for believing in God because science can't discover him anywhere. Right. And who does that remind you of? It reminds us of... It reminded us of Sam Harris in relation to the James Webb telescope, which has recently been sent up into space. Right. Sam Harris said essentially the same thing. Yeah. Can't find God. Right. (laughs) Um, So what really struck me is when Lewis says they didn't see God because they lacked the requisite apparatus to detect God in space. And that apparatus is not found in the scientific world. Right. I really like that a lot. Yeah. He makes the point that science, no matter how good it gets, is never going to find God because science isn't equipped with the proper equipment to find God. And this is something this past Christian Atheist episode picks up on, right? Right. Discussing fact, we titled the Christian Atheist episode, The Seeing Eye or The Ever Deepening Mystery. Right. 
Okay, I remember when we discussed this together before now, yes. you made a really great point. You asked, which God is being denied when they make claims like this? You said it wasn't the God of Christianity. Right. When they make a claim like that, you didn't find God. And Lewis actually said what would be more disturbing is if they did mm -hmm. find a God mm -hmm. like that, that could be localized to that a particular could, spot or right, place. Right. Because that's not the God of Christianity. It has never been the God of Christianity. It has never been the God of the West, the right. Judeo-Christian tradition. That God, the God that we worship, is never and has never been conceived to be something that we could find as an element in the universe right. around us. Right. We wouldn't want him to be either. <laughs> no, no, because then he would be a vengeful deity like a, yes. a demon, like actually. A, like the Greek gods. Likely. Yes, or, or like yeah. the Greek gods, right. yes. So it's kind of ridiculous. It's a ridiculous argument right. from their perspective. Right. right, and even the Greek gods, sometime during this year, I would like to do a series of Christian atheists mm -hmm. on the Greeks or in particular, Plato yeah. and God, because yeah. it was an evolving notion of God. Mm -hmm. And it was getting more and more like the Western God of Christianity, as the Greeks were on as well. Yeah. And you're in the Apology, Euthyphro, they're all in the works right now, huh? Yes. We're actually be, in the process of reading those for Simple yeah, Gifts. They'll be and posted. We'll be posting them soon. Soon, yes. Okay, this kind of reminds me of one of our No Compromise episodes. What was it when we, we talked about the taking the part for the whole? Yeah, that plays an important role in mm -hmm. what we're going to be talking about today, yeah. taking the part for the whole. Yeah, and um, what was that one called, that No Compromise episode? Ah, uh, yes. It, it's in two parts, mm -hmm. and it was called Original Sin, Taking the Part for the Whole. No Compromise episodes 19 and 20. Right, right. Another thing I really appreciated, John, was um, how he makes the uh, Shakespeare metaphor. Oh, yeah. The Shakespeare metaphor yeah. is really fascinating in this essay. Yeah, Because yeah. it makes the point that if you go into Shakespeare's plays yeah. and you watch them all or read them all, you're never going to find Shakespeare as something in the play. Mm -hmm. And yet, all of Shakespeare's plays point to Shakespeare. Right. Exactly. And this is the point we've been trying to make from the beginning in The Christian Atheist. That when you look at the world around us, it's not that you're going to find God. Right. That would be disturbing, as he yeah. says early <laughs> in the essay, if you could sort of locate him there in space-time in front of you. Right. Instead, it points, as we've been saying forever now, right. to the transcendent reality of God. It points beyond this world, points outside of this world to something that is beyond, that grounds the world. Just as Shakespeare grounds the plays, right. those plays that were written by Shakespeare point to Shakespeare, whether or not he ever actually appears in the play. And of course, later he updates this analogy mm -hmm. with Dante's Divine Comedy, yeah. in which Dante is himself a character within his narrative st structure. Yeah. And that's more like the Christian notion of God himself coming down in the incarnation. Right. And so we have precedent for understanding things in this way. Mm -hmm. It's not like we can find God as a reality in this world. Right. Um, not a reality in the sense of a science, scientific reality, but in the sense of this world points beyond to something greater than what we find right. around us. And the opposite of that would be plays without an author. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an important point mm -hmm. for me early on in The Christian Atheist as you read through my Looking Glass. Well, the Looking Glass series. Right, you talked 
it's kind of the question you asked in the looking glass. Series. Right. At the yeah. very end, it's like I had to make a choice. A- am I going to believe in a world, in a story, a narrative that has no writer? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. No, no. And ultimately, you have to make a choice. That's what I'm saying. And so much of atheism and scientific materialism is exactly that the presentation right. of a story without a writer. And that reminds me of when we read The Mind of the Maker by Dorothy Sayers. Yes. Another thing she that dealt, Lewis loved. Yeah, she dealt with this thing. I wonder, he was a fan of Sayers. I wonder if so. his reading of her played into this essay. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. And I would recommend to our listeners to go and read The Mind of the Maker by yeah. Dorothy Sayers. It yeah. is an excellent piece. Exactly. So- What's fascinating is Lewis actually goes on to explain what he thinks the requisite apparatus is for detecting God and what it might look like. Right. And in fact, the requisite apparatus is just the human being themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And every human being has the capacity, just as we would expect of a good God, Mm -hmm. to find God. You have it. But are you going to choose to use it? properly. Right. Because you have to orient yourself. And this is a central point in, in the entire essay. Right. But also I'm, I'm thinking here about oh. Plato's analogy of the cave. Mm-hmm. Plato right. says that the point of education is that we must turn from that which is less real towards that which is more real. Mm-hmm. And it's really analogous to a conversion. Right. In fact, the language is exactly that. It's the language of a conversion, of a turning around. Yeah. of a moving in a new direction and, and looking in a new direction. Right. And that's very much the requisite instrument mm-hmm. that Lewis is referring to here. Every human being has the capacity, following Plato's explanation of this, to see God. Right. But you have to choose to turn towards God and allow yourself to see what the instrument reveals. Right. right. You can accept the validity of reason, but if you do, then you have to accept where reason takes you. And reason always points beyond itself Mm -hmm. when properly used. Unless, of course, you're a Hegelian and you've (laughs) already started with the notion that there is no such thing as transcendence. Right, right. (laughs) But reason, properly speaking, Mm -hmm. always points beyond itself. Right. It is the very nature of reason to do so. And that is why C.S. Lewis in this essay makes the point that the requisite apparatus is the human being themselves. Mm -hmm. Conscience. Conscience, yeah. And that's central Mm -hmm. to the point for Lewis, because Lewis for himself says, look, for me, I was never looking for God. God was looking for me. Right. He was hunting me, Mm -hmm. and I wanted desperately to avoid him. (laughs) And I would encourage all of our listeners to go and listen on our Simple Gifts podcast the autobiography of C.S. Lewis's surprise, conversion, Surprised surprise by, by Joy. Joy. And we have it in a playlist yes. on there. So you can just go right through from the right. beginning to and the end. Very conveniently into like 15 minute yeah. portions. Yeah, they're they're um, cut. If you haven't read this, if you haven't listened to it, please do so. Yeah. It, to understand C.S. Lewis, you need to understand his, his background. His background. Yeah, where, who he, yeah, who he is and where he right? came from. Because he converted from, and we spent a long time doing the Hegel thing yeah. just recently. Yeah. He converted from idealism mm-hmm. to Christianity. And that conversion, he, well, I should say he converted from idealism to theism and from theism to Christianity. Right. 
And that's an important step. Right. Important right. realization. So we were just talking about conscience and, and the mystery. Right. And Lewis said that it was when he was trying to do the right thing that it was revealed to him his utter inability to do it. And that that's the first step towards God. Right. And that's the first step towards turning the human instrument in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Because you recognize that you're not meeting the transcendent reality's requirements of you. You're failing to achieve the ideal ethical goals that human beings all know to be reality. And that is the starting place. That is the place where you recognize, hey, I'm not even, as he says earlier in the essay, I'm not even a full person Mm -hmm. yet. Right. Because when I look inside myself and I look carefully, what I see underneath a thin veneer of myself is a whole lot of things that I'm not even in control of. A mystery or chaos. Right. Mm -hmm. And all around us, Lewis says, whether you're looking inside or outside, we see a mystery that we do not understand and cannot understand. Right. We're not a unified person. Right. And that is one of the central points about our world today. And one of the central differences between the atheist viewpoint Mm -hmm. and the Christian viewpoint, properly understood, neither of us can claim real knowledge Mm -hmm. of the world around us, even of ourselves. And therefore, whether or not we believe in God it is a question of faith right? because we don't have that knowledge. None right. of us do, right. and Christian even or non-Christian. You talked about this in previous No Compromise that Kant said, as soon as we know something, the ignorance increases, not decreases. Right. And that's a central point in this essay. And Lewis actually says it, that the mystery with each new discovery increases. Mm -hmm. And that's just patently obvious. Right. I mean, scientists, quote, have discovered black holes. Well, as soon as you discover black holes, Mm -hmm. that reality opens up a whole new series of questions and reveals a vast field of ignorance that we don't know. Right. Or even the most, the smallest, most insignificant thing, the cell, you know. Right. The human cell. It almost seems like an infinite amount of things that we keep finding. Right, and you keep going down farther and farther, and we think we know, and that's the arrogance of knowledge, because we think we have it sewn up, Mm -hmm. and we never do, because the more we know, the less we realize we know. Or at least that is the Socratic wisdom that Socrates pushed in The Apology, which is another episode. Yeah, it's coming. Right. The Apology's coming. (laughs) Oh, you don't have that published yet? It might be on YouTube. Okay. But it's not on 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 the podcast. It's not on on Simple Gifts yet. Yeah. Right. So we've read The Apology. And if you've never listened to that, folks, you've got to go and listen to that. That is one of the absolute cornerstones of Western civilization. Mm -hmm. Right. Socrates reveals that human beings are fundamentally limited and ignorant creatures. Right. And when we arrogantly claim knowledge, we get ourselves into all sorts of problems. Mm -hmm. And this is another one of the central themes that the Christian atheist has been developing from almost the yeah, first podcast. Yeah, that's forward. true. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I guess we can, getting back to the essay, we can summarize the central message of this essay in saying, as we know more, it becomes more mysterious. Right. Right? And that's whether we're and you looking- you like that. I love that. Yeah. Yes. 
And that's whether we're looking internally or externally. Mm-hmm. And whether we're looking large scale or small scale. Right. Because think of the quantum realizations that we've come to in the 20th century. Uh-huh. We recognize that what? We, that there are these electrons that circle yeah. a nucleus. Mm-hmm. And yet, the farther we've probed, we find that even underneath these subatomic particles, yeah. there are things that we can only describe as, in a very sort of generic way, as some sort of field. Right. And it's funny because with the atom, when I taught it to the kids, I wanted it to just stop right there. I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to go any it's further. Nice and easy. Yeah, I didn't want to go any further. And then the next year, the books came out and it was like more. And then there was more. And it, <laughs> and it never ends. Right. And, and the more you discover, I mean, you talk about an electron. Right. But I mean, the, it opens all kinds of questions. And how does the electron circle the nucleus? Yeah. You know, all of those questions. And we don't really, as we come to understand it, we start to solve it. Right. But when we solve it, we are not dissolving the mystery. We're making it even bigger. We're making the mysterious part of it even bigger because underlying that particle is this field mm-hmm. that we can only describe with mathematics. Right. And therefore, even the language of the scientists becomes more and more, as Lewis said, in resemblance to that of the theologian yeah, or the that's philosopher. Right. Right. That it does of the empiricist. Right. That we tend to think of as the ideal of the scientific man. Right. And in fact, don't you think that's what caused you to stumble out of Christianity all those years ago, seeking and believing that you could and should be able to know it all? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. The arrogance of knowledge. I wanted yeah. to be able to say, here it is. Yep. Now we've got it figured you out. You said that in the We look- don't need God. Right. And as- you you said that in your Looking Glass series. You right. said that you you felt that way. Yeah, and we actually quote probably the most famous 20th century physicist, astrophysicist, Stephen Hawking, in this episode of The Christian Atheist, when he said, science cannot prove there is no God. Yeah. But science makes God unnecessary. Right. <laughs> right? And that really does sum up the sort of scientific materialist atheism. And it is, I think, utterly ridiculous. And if you listen to last week's episode of No Compromise, well, maybe it was the week before that, we talked about Paralandra. Yes. But in the original one, Out of the Silent Planet, that was Weston's idea. Right. Science had eliminated God. Yep. Science science has no need for God. Right, right. And instead, Lewis says, and I think absolutely appropriately, and- the Christian atheist agrees with this wholeheartedly. The more science discovers, the more we need God. Right. Because the mystery is ever deepening. Right, right. And to think that we have it sewn up is to think incorrectly. Right. Science, when it understands itself, recognizes that every new discovery is a brand new series of questions right. that are unanswered. So. Now, coming back to Christ, you, I mean, I can see it in you, a confidence and a security in that central message, you know, Lewis's central message of this essay, that the more we know, the more it becomes mysterious. Right. You know, before that was a stumbling for you. Right. Yeah. The mystery was like, oh my goodness, we can't, we can't rest with a mystery. Mm -hmm. We need to discover it. We need to nail it down. And now you come back and you're confident in it. You know, you're secure in it. And in fact- you're so content in it that it excites you. Yes. The mystery now is just a continual excitement 
Right. And a motivation to move forward and try to understand. Mm-hmm. At one point in the Christian atheists, I make the claim yeah. that knowledge is simply a better understanding of our own ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's this ongoing discovery of the being that is God yeah. that constitutes the adventure of human life. Right. And it's like a never ending revelation taking you further up. Further and in. Further in, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's a great place to go because it takes us to the, the last battle with C.S. Right. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And that his was their vision rally call. Right. <laughs> Rallying call. Yep. To, um, to further up and further in. We never stop exploring mm-hmm. right. the mystery of God. Right. And we gain knowledge as we move forward. But that knowledge just reveals our ongoing ignorance right. and drives us ever forward in the discovery of the beauty, the majesty of the great creator who is all in all. Mm -hmm. So, okay, getting back to the essay, Lewis says that pretty much divides people into two types of persons. Yes. And those two types are, one will find God wherever you put them, and the other won't find God anywhere. Right. So the, the point comes back to what we've called fundamental faith. Right. You either believe that the world is good and that, therefore, you were created in such a way that when you experience the world around you, you are experiencing reality Mm -hmm. and your rationality is constructed in such a way that when properly used, you are further increasing your knowledge and understanding of reality. Right. It's not just a screen of illusions. Right. It's not just illusion. Right. And that's the opposite perspective. Right. Either the mystery is something that we need to explore in order to correct ourselves, Mm -hmm. or the mystery is what needs to be corrected. Yeah. Why do you think they don't find God anywhere? What Lewis actually makes a point in this essay to talk about the fact that most people on either the theist side or the atheist side Mm -hmm. tend to be followers. Right. Not ever having really looked for or fled God themselves, but rather just sort of going along with the flow. (laughs) Right. And that's certainly true. Culture takes us and the vast amount of of us along with it. Like a herd. As a herd, Mm -hmm. herd mentality. And that's where we are. That's why we're in an atheist age right now. Not because a lot of people have thought about these things and come to the conclusion that they're wrong. They haven't thought about it. No, they have not. They haven't thought it through. Which is our purpose, part of our purpose as the Christian atheists, to say, hey, wait a second. Why don't you start thinking about these things? Well, because we have other things to do. Exactly. We have YouTube, (laughs) Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, Lewis makes that point. Yeah. He said, in most ages of humanity, it was pretty hard to avoid the notion of God. Yeah. And therefore, most people ended up being believers. Right. But today, in today's world, it's pretty easy to avoid God right. because our culture he has talks, structured it in such yeah, a way. Yeah. He talks about make sure you read books, certain right. kinds of if books. You, if you're going to read books, he says, you must be very careful in choosing <laughs> your books. Because, as he himself found, if you read Surprised by Joy, the books turned against him as an atheist. And that's certainly true for me, too. But in the essay, he talks about 
if you want to not think about it, these are the things you want to do. And he right. lists them and it's pretty, I thought it was pretty witty. It is witty. Yes. He said, look, you know, listen to the radio, <laughs> avoid <laughs> reading books. And if you do, make sure you very carefully choose them because, <laughs> and I was just going, just yeah, going go to ahead. say well, that we... the idea that you can avoid those things as an atheist is very problematic because as an atheist professor mm -hmm. of philosophy, I had to teach Plato, which yeah. is of any introductory philosophy right. professor. And Plato leads you to God as clearly as anything out there. And that's true of almost everything in the Western tradition. Mm -hmm. So avoiding God, if you're going to be truly knowledgeable about the Western world, is almost impossible. Right. And that's Lewis's point. Right. In this age, it may be easy, but that's mm -hmm. because we have systematically made the attempt to purge God right. and transcendence right. from our lives right. in the modern world, as we which talked as about. I've said <laughs> over the last couple episodes, and mostly in the bad or the ugly Hegel is because of Hegel. Yeah, we yes. talked about that. Yes, we live in an age uh -huh. of practical atheism, and the only way to start turning back the clock is to start actually making ourselves aware of all of those realities that we are systematically yeah, taking away. repressing right. now. Right. The woke people right. who have taken over our educational system and have suppressed individual human thought right. and rationality. They have celebrated irrationality. Mm -hmm. They have pushed irrationality. They have pushed an ideological agenda that systematically throws God out of right. all possible introduction into the human mind. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it is no accident. So John, going back to the essay, so people say, if only I could go back, oh, then yes. I would know. And even that would be impossible because without the requ the requisite apparatus right. that, that Lewis pointed out. Yes, I absolutely love this point. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've tried to make clear at other points, I think, in The Christian Atheist, mm -hmm. and certainly in my own thinking as well. And who knows, maybe I got this from Lewis originally yeah, myself. Yeah, you might have. But let, let me actually just read a section yeah, from like the essay. And this is the only time I'll do this in this, this episode. Is, this is a good part. But Lewis says this towards the end of the essay, and this really is the place where I sort of lose interest in the rest of the essay <laughs> um, because of what Lewis talks about after this, it's not that it's not important or interesting. It but might be it's, good for somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. But but at this point, this is kind of where we stop. I want to pick up here with what Lewis says. The methods of science do not discover facts of that order. Right. Because science is pointed towards the natural world. Mm-hmm. That exactly. is the realm that science investigates. Right. But science can't investigate the natural world without pointing to the transcendent world. Right. Just the language of mathematics alone makes that case. So I'm going to go on and just read the next yeah. paragraph after that. Indeed, he says, the expectation of finding God by astronautics would be very like trying to verify or falsify the divinity of Christ by taking specimens of his blood or dissecting him. And in their own way, they did both. Mm -hmm. But they were no wiser than before. What is required is a certain faculty of recognition. Right. So, so often 
we have heard people say, if only I could go back to the time of Jesus and see the miracles and myself talk with Jesus and maybe, you know, as he says here, test his blood and do scientific investigations of him, then maybe I could believe. Well, no, you would not believe because there's only one way of being a believer, being willing to be open Mm -hmm. and turning yourself in the direction of transcendence and being willing to accept the evidence of your reason and your senses as they are given to you. If you're not willing to do that, You could test the blood of Jesus, in Mm -hmm. fact, for reality, Mm -hmm. with all the scientific methods. And And what are you going to find? You won't find God there. No, you'll find that he's a (laughs) human being. You won't find God there as much as the Russians didn't find Find him in outer space. space. Exactly right. Yeah. Because that's not where God exists. And Jesus was fully human. So you would expect if you would go back in time and meet Jesus, he would be a human being just like every other and human being. And if you being. went back in time and looked at him and said, you are the son of God, you are God, what would he say to you? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Right. Just as he said to Peter. Right. Yep. Mm. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This is not something, as Lewis says here, yeah. that science can reveal. Right. It is something beyond science. Right. Because science... Mm always is taking the part for yeah. the whole. <laughs> Science is indeed one part of our experience. Exactly. But it is not the whole of our experience because science itself cannot justify itself. Natural reality cannot be justified unless you look beyond the natural reality to the ideal reality right. that grounds it, right. transcendence. Right. right. And I can make a case for that, right? As we just talked about with mathematics, but with the ideal itself, you cannot make sense of rationality as a faculty of the human being and trust that it is valid in its discoveries and in its capacities to discover truth, unless you believe in the transcendent reality of truth and rationality. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a circle that cannot be avoided. Right, right. Because if you are just taking this world, as Hegel would have us do, then there's no reason for us to accept human rationality as a way to discover truth. Okay. (laughs) So as you said, that takes you to the part of the essay that interests you the most, and then there's no more interest for you, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. After this, it's worth listening to, but um, yeah, that's where things end for me. Right. (laughs) So do you have any other remarks that you want to make, John? Just that I absolutely adore reading C.S. Lewis's essays. Mm -hmm, You do. And you and I have... You, you're getting to the point now, I think, where it's like, okay. I'm C.S. lewis out. Yeah, you're C.S. lewis out. <laughs> and of course, I never quite get C.S. lewis out you are. because I keep seeing do. new levels you do. to discover. No, I'll um, just stick with you. And I find great joy in them. Yeah. I but, think it's more exciting watching you get excited now. <laughs> okay. So our first No Compromise episode of 2023. Yay. <laughs> we got it's, one done. Yeah. And hopefully this will be beneficial to mm-hmm. our listeners. I hope so too. So Johnny, what's on the Christian Atheist menu for us to discuss next week? What are you going to do? So this first episode was of a fairly short mm-hmm. essay of C.S. Lewis and a fairly late one too, because in 1963 was his death yeah, year. Yeah, that was when he the year he died. So, 
The next thing that I would like to look at is one that complements this one, and it is called The Poison of Subjectivism. Okay, that sounds great. If you like to hear this essay read without any commentary, you'd want to go to Simple Gifts, the podcast right. on any of your podcasting apps. Right, you or know. on YouTube. Yeah, or on our YouTube channel. And if you do like to go through YouTube, we'd love for you to subscribe to it. Oh, please. <laughs> we are one third of the way there. Our goal of a thousand subscribers. Yes, our goal of a thousand subscribers. <laughs> yeah, so did you say what the uh, essay's name is? The Poison of Subjectivism. Okay, that's right. All right. Um, and it is a fascinating essay. I'm looking forward to going through it. Hopefully, we'll be able to do it in in one Christian atheist, um, because that's my goal, to <laughs> be a little a bit more one? concise this year. I don't remember. Is it long? Um, it's it's longer than this one, yes, okay. for sure. So the first thing you want to do is go to the Simple Gifts podcast, either on the podcasting apps or YouTube, to listen to you reading it without commentary. Right. Then tune in on Monday to hear you discuss it you know, give, right. give your own and commentary on it. I will be as surprised it. as you are right now as to its content because I haven't yet looked at it again to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then listen on next Thursday for us to discuss it. Right. Okay, that sounds great. And you have all the links, right, to everything we discussed in the description, right? Yes, we've put them all in our description. Good, okay. So thank you for joining us in this new year and hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. If you have any questions, anything you'd like to discuss, any episode ideas, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, you so also that link will be in the description as well. So happy new year and hope you all have a great rest of your week. Love you, my dear. I love you too, Johnny. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason. Respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.